Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work stemming all the way back to 1996 at that website, Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. Before I get to the review today, I just want to mention, and actually it wasn't me who noticed this, it was my girlfriend, Sarah, who mentioned that as of this recording, it's April 26th, 2016, it is my one-year anniversary to the date of starting this podcast. So, happy one year to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Hopefully, you've been enjoying all of the reviews over the last year. I suppose it's appropriate that I mention this on this review because it was actually Sarah who took me to go see the movie I'm about to review today. We saw it with her daughter, Lily, at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. It's the theater in Hollywood that they show many of the big Disney movies, and it includes a live stage show, a musical before the feature, and we actually got to see the artwork that was inspired by and actually inspired the making of the film. So it's a real treat for people who love Disney or just love the properties of the Disney films that they are showing at that theater. So all around, it was a fantastic experience, a 3D there is phenomenal and the look the sound the theater it's beautiful and it's a real great experience so if you're a lover of disney and you want the absolute best experience that you can possibly get i do recommend seeing at least one film in your lifetime at the el capitan theater it was definitely a treat Because I waited to go see The Jungle Book, this is a little bit later than I usually get to review the film, and I'm going to be a little bit late on reviews from time to time, depending on whether I want to get together with somebody in order to see the movie. But generally speaking, I try to get to the reviews within the first week of release. So this is a rare exception. Hopefully it's okay. At least I gave you time to see the film before we get to the review. The Jungle Book, of course, is based on the Rudyard Kipling book of stories, but also, to a large extent, it's a remake of the 1967 version that was actually made by Disney, the animated feature that has delighted young and old over so many years now. This version features one live-action actor in it, Neil Sethi, who plays Mowgli. All of the animals in the film are voiced by mostly celebrities. Bill Murray plays Baloo. Bagheera is played by Ben Kingsley. Shere Khan is Idris Elba. Lupita Nyong'o plays Raksha, the wolf. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is Ka, the python. Giancarlo Esposito. Akila Christopher Walken is King Louie. And Gary Shandling in his final film work playing Icky, the, I think he's a porcupine, if I'm not mistaken. The director of the film is John Favreau. Yes, the actor turned director has actually done quite a few big screen movies, including, of course, the first two Iron Man films. Justin Marks is the screenwriter, and it's based, of course, on the works of Rudyard Kipling from his book of the same name. Here, John Favreau is finding himself back among Hollywood's better populist filmmakers with his adaptation of those stories from Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. And this serves mostly as a remake of the first time that Disney tackled the property back in 1967. They've done sequels to it. They've done remakes over the years, including one theatrically released live action attempt in 1994 that's long been forgotten by all but the most ardent of Disney fans. This one brings a lot of its own unique story elements as well that are provided by the screenwriter Justin Marks, which is kind of remarkable given that Marks, uh, his only previous big screen effort came from the critically maligned video game tie-in called Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li that came out in 2009. 
And I'm sure Justin Marks will probably put this one on his resume and not the previous one. This one brings the technology up to speed in terms of the animation. It's all computer generated and very detailed to the point of appearing absolutely photorealistic. You can hardly tell any longer what's fake and what's real. Although, from what I understand, pretty much all of it is done on computers, with the exception of the young actor playing Mowgli, the anthropomorphic animals, they all speak English, they look and act just like the real deal, with the exception of their mouths moving to the words of the voice actors. Now, Neil Sethi's giving a very likable performance. I think it's very commendable what we get out of him here because some people might think he's stiff, but, you know, you have to take into account he is acting to characters that aren't really there among environments that also were not there. He's playing young Mowgli. Uh, Mowgli is raised in the jungles of, I presume, India by a pack of wolves after his father is slain by the power-hungry tiger, the man-eater named Shere Khan. Shere Khan does not like humans one bit, and he fears that the older Mowgli gets, the more that he's going to turn into the kinds of humans he's known in his life, eventually threatening the animals and their way of life in the jungle with their so-called red flower, the power of fire that they possess. Now, sensing danger from the lurking tiger, Mowgli's savior and mentor, who's a panther named Bagheera, decides that the young man-cub is in mortal danger he strives to escort the young tyke to the place where he'll be most protected, which is a somewhat nearby village of human beings. However, the road to civilization is just as treacherous as probably remaining where he is because Bagheera loses track of the man-cub's whereabouts, leaving Mowgli susceptible to giant bears and hypnotizing pythons and stinging bees and disturbingly ambitious apes. The Jungle Book is continuing here the animated feature trend of putting big-name celebrities in the major voice roles, while the voice actors are recognizable to the point where you might be taken somewhat out of a movie for a moment to reflect on the distinct voice you're hearing. I do think that these celebrities end up being perfectly cast for their respective roles. I mean, Bill Murray is a standout as the lovably wisecracking Baloo. He uses his affability to try to get Mowgli to help him get such things as honey that exists just out of his paws reach because Baloo is afraid to climb and so therefore he needs to convince Mowgli to help him out. Idris Elba, he's effectively intelligent and menacing and imposing as the voice of Shere Khan who is seen as malicious in intent. Even though there's a logical method to his madness, he just might be right about what he's saying about humans, We're but we end up having to root against him because at some point he does mention that he'd rather kill Mowgli for fun instead of seeing him driven from the jungle that would effectively end his potential for destruction but he still wants to kill him and that paints Shere Khan as the evil the enemy in this film now young and impressionable kids will likely hide whenever Shere Khan is on the screen because he is actually effectively scary Christopher Walken is also quite memorable as the uh, mafia boss like King Louis he also is kind of Colonel Kurtz-like, if you've seen Apocalypse Now, playing this gigantopithecus who is represented here as a mammoth orangutan. Walken brings a new and disturbing nuance to the once lighthearted song called I Wanna Be Like You, the monkey song, in which the lyrics of the song are turned into somewhat of a threat and evokes a little bit of the Planet of the Apes in the way that it plays out. Now, some of the narrative choices are bold, 
there are some deaths of a couple of prominent characters that are pretty shocking when they occur because they are very unexpected. There's a few nifty new story creations. Early on in the film, we are introduced to the Peace Rock, which is this watering hole where all of the animals of the jungle have a vow to give up their squabbles while in the vicinity of this rock, and it allows for the plot to build early in an environment where exposition is allowed, and it introduces us to all the animals and why they're there in the jungle and what their affiliations are, and also postpones the resolution of the story for later in the film. Even Kipling's original text gets more rooted in this telling of his stories, including his Law of the Jungle that's recited on a couple of occasions to remind us that just because all of these animals are far from human civilization, there is much appreciation within the animal community for those who respect the code. Because this film has some nostalgia value, there is a sampling of the original songs from the 1967 version. They're brought up to speed here. We get snippets of the bare necessities. There is the song Trust in Me, which you can hear during the end credits and the aforementioned I Want to Be Like You. It's almost like a spoken word rendition that is given by Christopher Walken, but during the end credits, we actually get the more complete version of that song. And uh, as a viewer, if you haven't seen the original, I don't think that you need to in order to enjoy this 2016 updating. But if you're a longtime fan, there are enough of those nostalgic nods that keep up the spirit of that old-time Disney treatment in your mind, and it does so without losing the more mature tone of this more mildly scary edition of The Jungle Book. Now, there are some tonal shifts in the story that may affect some viewers that switch from jovial one minute to frightening the next. Certainly, kids might find it a little bit frightening, so impressionable kids, just be aware. But I do think that Favreau does a pretty good job in delineating these sections. I will say I I went out of the movie wondering what the actual intent of the movie was other than to be a pure piece of entertainment. It seemed like somebody watched the original Jungle Book and said, hey, all of these adorable creatures that are in this film that we like, we really want to see them have a rumble in the jungle type battle royale to the death. You know, certainly it's more than that, but definitely there is a distinction the original 1967 version is much more trying to be a feel-good film, whereas this one is definitely trying to run the gamut of being anywhere from fun to scary, depending on what scene and what characters are on the screen. By the end of the film, I will say I thought The Jungle Book was a fantastic technical achievement. It has a lot of eye-popping computer graphics. I think that it's more so eye candy than it is a work of great narrative fiction like the Rudyard Kipling work, but I do think that John Favreau hits enough of the right notes in the right spots in terms of having the requisite thrills and chills and those moments of mirth to make this a worthy adventure for a new generation. While the film may not be as charming as the 1967 version and likely won't replace that version in the hearts and minds of those who have loved and watched it many times since childhood, I do think that, in the end, the 2016 version of The Jungle Book is still quite a fun jaunt in the jungle for young and old alike. 
I'm giving The Jungle Book three and a half stars out of four, and three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that it is worth going out of your way to see if this at all sounds like your bag. If you're a fan of Disney, if you're a fan of the original Jungle Book, if you just like adventure tales, I think that this will be right up your alley. And I do think that it's worth checking out in the theater. I will say the 3D experience, I'm not a big proponent of 3D films. If you have a theater that shows excellent 3D, like the theater that I saw it in, in the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, I definitely think that that is a great way to check it out. It's a stunning visual work that's worth seeing on the big screen in the best way possible. Three and a half stars for The Jungle Book. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoy the review, and I hope that you have enjoyed the last year of reviews that I've been doing for you on a pretty regular basis. If you've been listening for that year, I do encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review because that's the best way that you can show your support for the show. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name. If you want to write to me, or if you want to make a comment on my Facebook or Twitter feed, you can go to my website and find my contact information there. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening, and I'm looking forward to another year coming up of great movies to share with you. <laughs> <laughs>